Good morning, everybody. Ah, you know, when I first um, decided to um, do this sermon, I titled it Fear or Faith. But um, I had to really think about that because I first realized that faith is not the opposite of fear. So even though I'm going to share this with you, this sermon, this is actually my issue. Um, I'm quite sure most of you are in a better position than me that where you have already overcome fear. I, sadly, am still dealing with it in a lot of ways. Uh, let me ask you a quick question. How many in here um, fear snakes? Anybody? Anybody fear snakes? Spiders? The IRS? <laughs> me too. They're, they're, they're growing, so definitely I'm concerned about them. Um, how about any of you guys fear being in the kitchen when your wife tells you to leave the kitchen? I, I, I try to stay out of her, her zone there with that. Um, so, I wanted to talk to you guys about a fear. And the fear that I want to talk to you about is not the one from Proverbs 8. So it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's not the kind of fear that I want to address. But the kind that I want to address today is Chris, um, I asked him to play that song because fear is a liar. I wanted to address the kind that steals away your peace, your joy, and cripples you. Franklin, Darrell, Franklin Roosevelt said the only thing that we have to fear is fear itself. But I tell you today that fear is a liar. Fear is a schoolyard bully, as my brother Daniel oftentimes refers to it as. It seeks to steal your joy and peace. It's something that does not discriminate. It comes after destroying men, women, children. It's an equal opportunist. If you guys will, if you'll turn with me to Deuteronomy 31, 6. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Ever notice that when God tells us not to be afraid, that oftentimes it follows with an encouragement to trust him. Fear or trust, which do you choose today? Every day that I wake up, I have to realize that I have to make a decision. Because unfortunately, I've, I've thought when I got saved that Man, this is just going to be an easy road to just cruise through. You say some prayers, you go to church, you love on some people, and it's going to be okay. But I have found out um, that the moment that I decided to choose Jesus as my Lord and Savior, that I put a mark on my own forehead, I signed up to die. And the enemy would love to tell me and tell probably some of you that you are unworthy to share the gospel. He would love to tell you that, let's look at your life. And if you go out there and you try to share the gospel with someone, he's going to remind you of all your faults, all the things that you've done, your sins in your life. And so oftentimes we find ourselves so afraid that if I go out and tell someone about the goodness of God, perhaps they're going to find out about my sin. But what I'm learning is that every day we need to bring our sin to the cross and crucify it. We need to leave it there, pick up his joy, his peace, because fear is not going away. It is with us. 
The Bible talks about it. Did you guys know that in the Bible it speaks of sin? I mean fear, excuse me. speaks of fear 365 times. That's an interesting number. That's about what we have in a year. 365 days. So obviously God was aware that it's an issue that we ourselves need to be looking at. God knows that we are simply dust of the earth. He mentions to us daily that I am with you and I will never forsake you nor leave you. So faith is the opposite of fear because faith is a choice and fear is a feeling. Fear or trust, which do you choose today? Turn with me to Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That sounds like a promise to me from a God who spoke everything into place. So if that same God can speak the universe into place, why can't we trust him? Is it because maybe perhaps... You feel like that he might not be there for you. Or maybe it is your fear is that this time he's not going to give you your will, your way. But isn't it all about his will and his way? If we're trusting in God, aren't we trusting him? He calls himself the good father. We got any fathers in this room? Raise your hand if you're dad. How many of you fathers... If your child came to you and says, I'm hungry, would you go, you know what, you'll be all right. Just sit down over in the corner. You'll be okay. How many of you fathers would actually go out of your way to make sure that that child is fed and taken care of? Well, if we have a good father, should we not know and trust that he is going to provide for us? That we need to trust him daily and know that Fear is simply something that's trying to get a foothold in our lives. It wants to become master of our lives. But yet each and every one of us here should desire God's will. We should be saying, Father, I'm going to trust you. How many in this room think that you got here today of your own might and your own strength? Raise your hand if you believe that. Good. Wow. So I guess we don't have to have Bible 101 with anyone in here. Good to know that. Because I'm here to tell each one of you right now. Every good thing that has happened in your life, it is because of God. It is not because, and I'm sorry to say this, I love all of you. It's not because of any of you being so good, so talented, so amazing. It's in spite of all of your faults. It's in spite of who you are right now. He does this not because of any good thing that you will ever do. He does it because of his name's sake. And that is so important that we realize something That fear wants to separate us, get us to distrust God, but yet God says, I want you to trust me. If there is someone in this room right now that can tell me in their life somewhere where God did something that built distrust, I I want to talk to you. I want to hear it. Because I used to believe that before I was a believer. That, oh, I can't trust God. God has failed me. But that was a lie from the pit of hell. God has never failed me. He, in spite, redeemed me when I did not deserve it. You've all heard our senior pastor say this from this pulpit. um, What we actually really deserve is hell. I'm from the East Coast, so that's why I can do that. Um, 
And it's so important that you guys understand that. There is not one among you. Did you know that your very best, the Bible tells me in the Old Testament, that my very best is a rag, a filthy rag that I'm to take outside of the encampment, dig a hole and bury it in that. That doesn't help my self-esteem at all. And my wife will tell you that my self-esteem can build monuments to itself. So I find myself going, Lord, if I can't do it myself, what must I do? And it comes back the same thing. I need you to trust me. When Peter stepped off of that boat, he did something that nobody else in this room has done. He stepped off that boat and walked on water. Because he was trusting God when he stepped off the boat. He said, Lord, can I come on? He says, yes, come on out. So he stepped off there with trust. But the Bible tells me that he heard the wave. And here we go again. Here's that ugly little thing called fear. It crept in. Peter made his focus more on the sound instead of on the Savior. I tell you today that whatever the struggle that you're going through, whatever struggles that you might go through, because each and every one of you, newsflash guys, everybody in this room has got troubles in your life. And if you haven't, you're probably that little newborn baby. But even that baby's got troubles at times when his diaper's full. Or actually, that's mama's problem. But we all still have troubles. But the good news is that God is there with you in the midst of that trouble. So, turn with me, if you will, to Psalms 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my Savior. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Now, I find this interesting because here is David, a man after God's own heart, but yet he, he knows fear because he had to hide from someone who he might have oftentimes considered a second dad or, you know, a, a stepdad, or perhaps. He's hiding from him. But David knew fear and realized one thing was that the only way for him to overcome this fear was to trust in God and God would deliver him. And God did time after time. David was even when David was unfaithful. We all know his story. But yet God was faithful because God will not be untrue to himself. He has given his word and he's a keeper of his word. So. If you and I have this promise from God, I will never forsake you or leave you. Now, what that does not mean is that when you're going through the troubles, that it's going to be easier. But what it does mean is that when he is with you, you will have peace in the middle of the struggle. Because in the middle of that struggle, God is also there with you. That is so important for us to understand that there are times in our lives when God will get us through the struggle. That we'll find ourselves that we started here and all of a sudden he just got us through it. He allowed us to avoid it. Have you ever been in a situation where you felt like, man, this is about to be a car wreck. You can just see it coming. And all of a sudden somehow you just avoid it and it doesn't happen that way. And you're like, oh my goodness, thank God. Oftentimes, some of our lives have been that way. And then we find ourselves in other times 
where God is, we feel like he has abandoned us because we're going through this struggle. And no matter what we're doing, we're praying, we're trusting. We say that we're trusting God and nothing is changing. It just seems like it's getting worse and worse and worse. You guys all know the story of the footprints in the sand. And I can tell you that that is the case for my life. I can't speak on anyone else's life. I'm only talking to you about the reprobate that is standing up here. That's me. And for whatever reason, God has chosen to allow me to stand here and speak to you. Most days I expect that lightning should just strike me and just remove me. But thank God that he's more gracious and merciful than I am. And that's why I'm glad that he's God and I'm not. Because I would have removed me a long time ago. So turn with me, if you will, to Psalms 34.4. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. How many of you, when you wake up in the morning, and you don't need to raise your hands, but how many of you ask God, for his will to be done in your day. How many of you ask God that throughout this day, Lord, would you guide and direct my path so that I'm in line with your will? Or how many of you find yourself that only when things are getting overwhelmed, you're stressed out from work, the kids aren't acting right at home, the spouse is driving you nuts, the way to work, it seems like the guy in front of you, well, you want to say some things, but you know you're not supposed to say about him and his driving ability or lack of ability. How many of you find yourself sometimes when you're overwhelmed and feeling like, man, why am I doing this? How many of you actually say, Lord, I want your will to be done. I'm trusting you that even in the midst of my struggle, that you're going to be glorified. You know something? I, um, I learned this from my brother Daniel, um, and it's so true, that even in my failures, I ask God, would you be glorified even in my failure? Because my life is not supposed to be about me, but when the enemy overwhelms me with fear. He's known as the father of lies. We see in Genesis where he approaches Eve and he's been lying since then. And fear is a liar. It comes for only one purpose, to, strict, to strike you down, to destroy, to give you no hope and tell you that you are never worthy to share the gospel, that you're, you're not really a Christian. No, not you. And if you told somebody you were a Christian... They're going to see right through that. They're going to know about all the horrible things you did. Well, you know what? Why don't you share some of those horrible things and say, in spite of all of these things that I just told you I did, my God redeemed me. My God is delivering me day by day. Trust more in him than the voice of the liar. That's the thing that we should ask ourselves today. Fear or faith, which one are you going? Fear or trust, I'm sorry. Fear or trust, which one would you choose today? To trust the God who spoke everything in the place or the liar who has been with one purpose, which is to destroy. He doesn't come to love you. He comes to destroy because he knows his time is short on this earth. Turn with me, if you will, to Psalms 118, verse 6. If you look up on the screen, um, Pastor Pat's version of this is a little different than mine, and I kind of like mine. I, mean, I want to read mine um, on that scripture. It says, The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortal men do to me? The reason I like that version, why, is that 
Everybody in this room, we all, hopefully, we all put our pants on one leg at a time. We all breathe. We all sleep. We all need our Lord and Savior. So, I really liked it, that word mortal, that when I'm feeling overwhelmed by whatever the thing is that's bringing that fear, that I can be reminded of one thing, that my God is greater than anything, that any man... The Word of God even tells me that why should I fear man, but fear the one who can not only destroy both the body and the spirit. So don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm, I'm 54 years of age and I don't like pain anymore. I just would prefer to avoid pain. But Polycarp, one of our early church fathers, um, had been told by Rome that, look, here's the deal. You're an old man. We're basically... Anyone who will not deny God, we're going to tie you to the stake, set you on fire, and have some marshmallows. So, it's a family night for us Romans. So, if you want to avoid family night, you can just deny Jesus. And Polycarp said to them, he says, For 86 years, my God has been good to me. Why would I now deny him? He is both my king and my savior. He has brought me this far. So why would I deny him now? So I want us to be aware of the one truth. Is that the God that has brought you here now is not going to forsake you. I understand that fear can become so overwhelming. Um, I work in a clinic and I've had people that have called in at times and say, Hey, I know I had this appointment today, but my anxiety, my fear is so overwhelming. I literally cannot move. And I know that it, be, that it is real. I suffer from PTSD. But I also know that the God that I serve is able to get you through some, anything. So can anybody tell me, is there right now someone in here that there is an issue that's so small that you think God can't handle it? Anybody? Is there an issue in your life that is so big that you think that God can't handle it? Because if that's not the case, then I have to ask the question, Fear or trust, which one do you choose today? And it's got to be a daily thing. I'm learning some things that I, I thought I was a pretty smart guy. If you ask my wife, she'll tell you otherwise. But I'm learning something that is a daily struggle for me. The enemy doesn't just leave me alone because I've prayed today and brothers have prayed over me and said, oh, you know what, I'm not going to bother Willis tomorrow. I've found that sometimes it's a minute by minute thing. That the enemy has come back. Sometimes he comes back with old issues. I get concerned about with everything going on with COVID. How am I going to pay the bills? I have to trust the Lord. Am I a good father? Am I a good husband? How do I do all these things? I have to trust God because I've tried it on my own. Anybody else in here tried on your own and failed? I have tried for 54 years and I've been getting it wrong. But the good news, guys, the good news is, even in spite of that, my God doesn't change. Even in my failures and my fears, he will not stop being who he is. So even if you walk out of here today and you're like, man, I heard that sermon and it was eh, not too bad. It was, you know, it was, it was OK. The guy's OK. We could have been better. Or maybe you walk out of here and you did take something from this, that these, that these scriptures encouraged you, which is what Pastor John prayed about earlier. And we do want that. We pray and hope that whatever comes from our mouths, it would be more of God and less of me. But even at the end of the day, 
you go out of here and you're like, man, that was really good. And tomorrow you find yourself in a situation and you're overwhelmed. Cry out to Jesus. He's not going to go, well, you know what? You didn't get it right when Willis told you about it. That's not how our God does things. That is not how he does things. And I want you to be aware of that factor, that he loves you and he does have a plan for you. You just got to lean into him and trust him. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith cometh from hearing and hearing through the word of God. Ask yourself this in your daily life. How often are you willing to trust that God is bigger than your fear? God is bigger than your situation. He is the one who consistently is letting you know that I am here. If you go through the Bible, you'll notice that Jesus consistently talked with his disciples about this fear. As he appeared in the upper room with them, he told them, you know, hey, calm down. You know, it's okay. You don't need to fear. They were afraid. So the good news for you and I is that we know that we're not alone. The Bible talks consistently through with men and women who had fear. And that's important that we don't feel like, oh, I'm the only person because sadly, I'm that guy oftentimes. I will look around the room and think, well, you know, it must be easy. John doesn't have any fear. You know, Chris definitely doesn't have any fear. Daniel's got no fear. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. We all deal with it on a daily basis. But the thing is that we all have to go to God with it. You didn't create yourself. You didn't save yourself. We are the creation. We need to trust the creator. That's where our trust must lie in. Not a liar whose only purpose is to deceive and destroy, but the one who spoke everything in the place. And he has good plans for our lives, but we've got to be willing to trust him. So again, fear or trust, which do you choose today? Turn with me to 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Did you know that fear is a human reaction to trials that we face in this life? But God promises that if we trust him, we can experience peace in every situation. His peace surpasses all understanding. So each of us must daily decide which do we choose again. Fear or trust in God. Turn with me to Joshua 1 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So. There are so many scriptures that I had to decide and pray about which ones I wanted to address. I'm trying to get a mindset about fear that I'm hoping we'll all look at because I had to look at it myself and understand that one part of it, we, we hear words about fear. But there's always this, again, this encouragement that God is with us, that he's going to help us through it. So it tells me that I can't do it on my own. I need to stop trying to do it on my own, and I have to trust him. So I have to make a daily choice. Do I allow the fear to become Lord and master of my life? Or do I trust the one who spoke the universe in the place, who said, I loved you so much that I'm going to prove how much you can trust me, because I'm going to die on a cross for you. I don't know 
how you could earn a deeper trust than that for the one who spoke the universe in the place who requires perfection of us and in case you guys haven't figured it out I'm certainly not that guy um, if you're not sure ask my wife she'll gladly tell you that but he decided that I will not leave you in this place so I'm, gonna, I'm going to have to pay the price because you never can how many of you if someone came up to you and said you know what I'm going to give you this amazing thing and they hand it to you, would you go, oh, I don't know, man, you just gave me $1,000 and my car is broke down and I needed $1,000. I don't know if I can trust you. Most of us would take it and be happy. You have been given eternal life, salvation, a loving God who loves you and says, I will provide for you. We live in America. Our senior pastor says, um, sometimes we get upset when our second microwave doesn't work. And of course, you guys all know that he's, he's joking. Hopefully none of you have a second microwave unless you've got a man cave. And if you do, I need to talk to you about that whole man cave thing. But it's important that we understand that we are blessed among people. America has been so blessed. We don't even understand trials and tribulations really compared to other countries that people are being crucified, literally being physically abused for the name of Jesus, and they're willing to still share the gospel. We wake up and it's raining outside and go, oh, I don't know, I don't want to go to church today. Oh man, the Seahawks are on. Well, you know, I heard Pastor Willis is preaching. Come on now. I, it's the Seahawks. I've heard that guy. He can bloviate, but it's the Seahawks, so I'm going to stay home for the Seahawks. So there are other people. Um, we have a, a brother, I think his name, um, that comes here, John, isn't it? Um, I think it's Wynan or Wonen that came from Africa that we support. Oh, Wandam. I talked with Wandam one Sunday and it was a blessing to me. Wandam told me that people would travel for miles and miles and literally fill up a house and people would be outside of this house for church. And he said they would come early in the morning and they would stay until the sunset. And he asked me after Phil had got done preaching, he was like, is, this is it. I don't understand. Why aren't you people? You could, and I said, no. Yeah, we pastors have to watch the clock because after a while we might end up with fruit salad in our laps if we're not careful. We'll get the looks from people going, hey man, I, I need to get on with my life. And he couldn't understand that. He said he'd gone to the East Coast and he looked at some churches and he thought they were beautiful buildings and he went up to the door and he pulled on it and it wouldn't open. He said, I, I don't understand. Why don't the churches open all the time? And I said, well, Wanda, we, we have fear that someone might come in and, and, and steal something. So in his country, they desire to get more of God. They have nothing, but all they have is Jesus, and that's all they want. We have everything, and we're like, well, okay, God, you got five minutes. Could you be quick? I, I got to go to Dairy Queen real quick. You know, uh, the wife wants to go to the mall, so I haven't got my nap in yet. So then when fear comes, no wonder Willis can't really trust God because I haven't really been taking time to make God the head of my life. I haven't given him that control because I'm just going to work him into my schedule because, you see, I've got to get to the clinic in a bit. I, I've got this going on. I've got that. But we need to make time to make sure that God is Lord of our lives and that we're fully trusting in him because then when fear comes... We can smile at it 
and know that no matter what's going on, that God is with us and God is going to get us through the struggle. That is the thing that above everything else that we should hope for. Because fear is a liar and it's a thief. It wants to rob us of our joy and our peace. But we know that faith is a substance of things hoped for. Evidence of things yet unseen. While faith is putting our trust in God, the word of God proves that God is exactly who he says he is. He is the one that we can trust. And we need to learn to put our trust in him. Don't put your trust in your might, your strength, or whatever the situation is. Because the enemy wants us to take our eyes off of Jesus. Peter didn't sink because, well, he was wearing Crocs instead of Nikes. He sank because he took his eyes off of his Redeemer. Because he took his focus and his trust off of Jesus and his fear became his master at that moment. But the good news about that, we all know how that goes. He cries out to God and what does God do? God picks him up. Doesn't leave him in that situation. Picks him up and puts him on the boat. So my good news is for you this because I don't want it to be all so drab about this. I want you to understand everyone in this room is going to fail. But we have a Redeemer that has never failed us and He never will. So we have to. That's why trust is so important that you put everything into the trusting of God, not you. Like I said, I love you. Some of you have had wonderful times with some of you. Vic has been a blessing in my life in so many ways. But I know that I cannot trust in Vic because Vic is just a man like me. Um, Daniel has been there for me and had my back and so many people here at this church that I love you but you will fail me and I will fail you but the one that I know that will never fail us is the one that our trust must be in fear is not meant guys to make your day better it's meant to disrupt it if you are so full of fear then you become ill effective for the gospel did you know that everyone in this room Matthew 28 tells us what we're about, what we're supposed to be doing. But if you're overwhelmed with fear and you're hiding underneath a tree, what is the likelihood that you're going to grab up your weapon and be fighting in the battle? Because you're too afraid. You're all soldiers. Yes, ladies, you guys are soldiers too. Sometimes it's you guys standing at the door instead of the man with the weapon ready to defend the family. But we're in a battle. Everyone in this room is saved. I, I pray and hope. And if you're not, please see one of the pastors after. We'll gladly share with you. I oftentimes used to wonder why God didn't just rapture me afterward or why he didn't rapture us. And my spiritual dad reminded me, I got saved August um, the 23rd, 1992 at 730 over a plate of spaghetti and a hablo no espanol in a Hispanic home. So that's why I know God is real. But he asked me one time, he said, when I was like, man, I wish God would just come and take me right now. He said, what if God would have came back August 22nd? I thought I'd be left behind. So while it is day, we need to be about the Father's business. While it is day, we need to be sharing the gospel, ready to disciple others and let them know that we're going home and our Father has many rooms and you're welcome to come too. He's throwing a big party. Why don't you come on over? It's eternal party. It's never going to end. But if we're caught up in fear, sitting in a corner, trembling and hiding, we can't reflect his love. We can't. We're told that the world is supposed to know us by our 
Fear. Um, our hate. Oh, John, by our love. I love you, man. Chris, I really love you because you put up with me and all my little things. Pat, I love you too. That is supposed to be how people will know us. Not by fear, but by love. And love can only come from Christ Jesus giving it to me. I have tried, my wife will tell you, and I fail at loving her. I fail at loving everything unless Jesus works in me. So the bottom line with fear and trust is I want you guys to realize this, that fear is a real thing. It is active. It is moving. And its only purpose is to make us ill-effective for the gospel. It is not, it doesn't care about you. Okay? It, it does not care about you. It simply wants you to not be what God has called you to be, salt and light. You didn't get saved for yourself. God did that. Every blessing that every man and woman in this church has is because God wants you to use that to bless someone else. So if we can step outside of ourselves and stop making it about us and make it all about Jesus, I can promise you this from his word, not from me, that he will get you through whatever struggle. I'm going to end with this little quick story. And then Chris is going to come up here. Um, how many of you knew about those three little Hebrew boys? They're faced with a furnace. They're told by this king. And I love their reply because I wish I could tell you guys that I'd have been like, yeah, man, bring it on. I think I'd have been like, God, where are you? It's looking a little hot. I, I, don't, I didn't wear the right clothing for this. But they look at the king and they said, regardless, our God is able to save us. They went into that trusting God. Now, they did not know how that was going to work out. Actually, they did. Either God was going to get them through this or they were going to be with him. Hmm. Those are good choices for me. To be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord, or God walking through the struggle with me. I can't see how that's a lose at all. And they didn't. I wish I could tell you that I would have been more trusting like they did, but they did. That's the kind of faith we need to have. That's the kind of trust that we need to have. Because if you got saved expecting this to all be, man, this cushy, wonderful, happy, go lucky kind of deal, everything is good, I'm so sorry for you. That's not how it goes. And I'll tell you why that. Jesus told his disciples this. He says, as the world has hated me, it will hate you also. So uh, Chris and I were talking earlier about this rapper named Thistle. Um, I was at a men's, Calvary Chapel's men's conference and Don was with me. And outside of Thistle, who was a black rapper, I was the only other black person in the building of about 800 people. And he started to try to just, and everybody looked at me. And I go, don't look at me just because I'm black. I don't even listen to rap music. So he heard me. He told me later after we talked, he's like, it was kind of easy to discern one black guy and a whole crowd of white people. I said, I have no idea. And he said, this rap song is about the moment that you became saved, you signed up to die. So if that is the case, and you know the enemy is looking to kill you, what are you really fearing? You already know he's out to get you. Why should we be afraid of him when we know that our father is his boss? At the end of the day, we know that our God has all authority. So 
I encourage us to put our trust in Jesus. Not the father of lies who his only purpose is to disrupt you, to keep you from doing what God has called you to do. If you're like, well, I don't know what that is. Well, go through Matthew 28. It'll kind of help you out a little bit there. Okay, each one of us were called for a purpose in the time. And fear's only desire is to disrupt that, disable you from being the child of God that God has called you to be. I pray and ask that from this sermon that the one thing that would come out of this above everything else is that we would realize that we have to trust God. There's no other hope. I can't put my hope in anything else. I've already tried that experiment through my life. Um, thought I would trust in my intellect. And I did not become a doctor or any of the things I thought I was going to be. None of you have ever bought any of my albums. Reason for that? Well, that's not where God wanted me to be. Um, I thought many things that didn't turn out the way. And then when I thought that nothing was going to go good, God has given me so many blessings. You guys are part of my blessing that I have you as a church family. I'm so blessed. Trust him. He won't let you down. Now, you will let him down. You will fail him. But he is faithful. He, is, he has promised you that he will always be with you.